أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم O you who believe, have fear and consciousness of Allah according to his right and die not except as Muslims. O mankind, have fear and consciousness of your Lord, the one who created you from one soul and from it its mate and from them spread many men and women. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa hlul lisani yafkahu qawli. Welcome to our weekly Ramadan booster series brought to you by Ikna Sisters. So in this very special series, we will cover some of the major themes found in the Quran and their direct connection to us as the reader of Quran. And in our last recording, we talked about the themes of Tawheed and nature uh, from Quran and their undeniable effects on mankind. Now we will dive right into the themes of prophethood and eschatology. But before I go any further, I wanted to share with you my ATV experience. And you're probably thinking, okay, what does this have to do with the themes today? So my family and I went ATV riding a few weeks ago, and they weren't kidding when they say that ATV stands for all-terrain vehicle. I mean, we were riding and driving uh, uh, through mud and water, through rocks, through the woods, on grass, on patchy dry land. I mean, anything that did not resemble a normal looking road. And this is a very high octane, very intense, but albeit a very fun and enjoyable experience, something that I think that we will go back and do again. But before we got into it, I had found out that we would have to have a guide with us, a tour guide, someone who was going to show us how to maneuver, you know, where to go, what to do. And I was a little hesitant in the beginning, um, but I realized, honestly, that without this tour guide, we would have either gotten stuck somewhere, we would have gotten lost, um, or we wouldn't have known how to get out and drive in the way that we were supposed to. So in a very unusual and strange way, this kind of reminded me of prophethood. How a prophet, in particular the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, was our tour guide. He led by example. He showed us what to do and what not to do and how to do it. He explained to us how to get out of sticky situations. He was the one who was with us and has left us his sunnah and to follow so that we don't have to get stuck and that we can maneuver this life that we have to live in. So what did all the prophets along with the Prophet Muhammad preach? They preached the same message of Tawheed, which is the oneness of Allah. So in the Quran, as you read and go through its passages, you will see that the basic fundamental concept of the message, something that you need in order to live your life uh, and, and, and not just live it, but to survive it and to be successful out, uh, out of it. This is what you needed, which came from the Quran, which was Tawheed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, verse number 23, your Lord has commanded that you should worship none but him. So this was the instinctive and crucial 
part baseline of the message. And the Quran has stated, and Muslims hold this without a doubt, that the divine succession of messengers' prophethood ended with the finality of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse number 40, Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, but he is the messenger of Allah and the seal of the prophets. Allah has full knowledge of everything. So what are the two things that we can even understand from this, this ayah, this verse of the Quran? Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established the fact that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in the words of Allah must believe that the Prophet Muhammad was his messenger. And then that also means that whoever is rejecting the Prophet Muhammad as the messenger has also belied the one who declared him a messenger. And we also learn from this ayah from the Quran that this establishes the fact that the Prophet Muhammad was the last of the prophets. He was the seal of the prophets. And if we reject it, then this is tantamount to disbelieving in the one who stated it. And what is fascinating is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has quoted Jesus, Prophet Isa islam as saying, he said, O children of Israel, I am the messenger of Allah unto you, confirming the Torah which came before me and giving glad tidings of a messenger to come after me, whose name shall be Ahmed. But when he came to them with clear proofs, they said, this is plain magic. And you can find this in Surah number 61, verse 6. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah number 34, verse 28, we have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a universal messenger to men, giving them glad tidings and warning them against sin. But most men understand not. So, so many verses in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as a bearer of glad tidings and a warner. And what was the Prophet وسلم, warning people against? He was warning them against the sufferings that would be experienced in the hellfire. And he was also giving them the good news of the desirable future that awaited the people who did good in this world. Right, which was in the infinite life, the eternal life of the paradise in the hereafter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 119, that we have sent you with the truth, bringing good news and giving warning. Do not ask about the inhabitants of the blazing fire. So like the Prophet Muhammad, the other prophets were all entrusted with the divine message sent as a warner and giver of good news. And what, why in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts these two together? What is the significance of this phrase and why have a warner and a giver of good news? Because man needs to survive and be successful. And the way that's going to happen is when the Prophet Muhammad for example, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam discharges his duty faithfully as a prophet, as a messenger, to remove the corruption and to instill a morally sound social order to society. Every prophet, from Prophet Adam Alayhi Salaam all the way down to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
that, that who was sent by Allah understood the weight and burden of this divine order and they implemented it and executed it to the best of their abilities and you can find this also in surah muzammil verse number five we shall send a momentous message down to you so the quran is a plethora of verses detailing the prophethood and the essential need of this prophethood at the same time, it's important to understand that the Prophet needed to get the support of the people because the Quran also says that there will be confrontation on the Day of Judgment between the Prophets and their nations. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Araf, verses 6 to 7, we shall certainly question those to whom messengers were sent and we shall question the messengers themselves. And with full knowledge, for we were never far from them, we shall tell them what they did. So the whole idea of prophethood was to simply convey the message, you know, no more, no less than that. And at times, this was an unrelenting, psychologically straining, exhausting campaign in which the Prophet Muhammad was to receive Nothing, no worldly benefit for it whatsoever. He, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, received the help from Allah when he exerted his utmost and showed his total reliance, total reliance on Allah only. And this was not specific only to the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but in fact, the Quran explicitly states the stories of how all the previous prophets and messengers struggled against the ignorance and depraved nature of their communities. Why? Why is that? It, this is done and this is shown to us so that the reader of the Quran connects to the prophets and digs deep into their struggles and their successes and how that has to reflect upon us who are the readers of the Quran, now also seeking and striving for the truth. So the necessity of prophethood was because of the immaturity of man. How was he immature? Why is a person, a human being, man or woman, immature? It is because their ethical perception and their motivation is not towards good. So the reader must understand that there is a perfect model example in the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and how we must now continue the same struggle the same message and exert our utmost, just like the prophets did, just like the prophet Muhammad وسلم, did to achieve the utmost, which is the ultimate goal. The next theme that we're going to cover in this um, amount of time is eschatology along with prophethood. And what is eschatology? Eschatology is just in, in more familiar terms, perhaps it's akhra. And this is part of theology that is concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. Now, the Quran frequently covers the subject of, of this life, of the life after this, and how that life will be permanent, it will be eternal, whether it's going to be in heaven or hell. And that moment of truth 
will be realized with the striking, unprecedented, calamitous event of the hour. And, and what is this hour? What is that time of reference? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear in the Quran in several verses, one of which is an example I'm going to give you here. On the day the trumpet sounds, everyone in heaven and on earth will be terrified, except such as God wills, and all will come to him in utter humility. And this you can find in Surah number 27, verse 87. So all of our endeavors in this world will cease to an abrupt halt. And only those who believed and did good deeds and encouraged others to do the same will be prepared for that day. So many surahs in the Quran, particularly the Makki surahs, they give vivid and detailed imagery of precisely what is to occur on that day. You know, for example, such as the sun being darkened, stars falling, oceans igniting, and every individual coming alone on that day. So this is that day where our only chance will be from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Quraysh at the time in Mecca, and if we want to go back in, in, in history, they were the first recipients of this message when the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu began preaching and, and, and conveying this message. And one of the major issues that they had to contend with was the idea of a life after death. I mean, they just couldn't fathom it. They, they mocked it. They ridiculed it. Ridiculed it. They, they just totally scoffed at the idea of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reconstructing all of this back together, even all the way down to the fingerprints. I mean, they felt that, that once you were done with this world, then you were there, that was it. There was nothing else. You were done. However, the true reader of Quran understands that this dunya is simply a means to the akhra. It forms a gateway, a passageway. It's kind of like a terminal to your final destination. So you pack accordingly for your flight. The same methodology is applied here. You do those deeds or you pack those deeds that determine your best akhira. And, and truly, there has to be more than just this life. All of the injustices that we are witnessing done in this world, they have to be compensated for if they were not compensated for in this dunya. All the pain and suffering have to be replaced with something far better. All the good deeds that we are trying to do, that we are intending to do to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have to be rewarded and paid back. All the corruption in this world has to be dealt a final blow in the akhirah. Our worldly performance has to be evaluated. We cannot just assume that we can live our lives in any way that we please and that absolutely no one would ever question our actions. This was difficult for the Quraysh to accept because it was disrupting their lifestyle. But honestly, you know, we, we talk about how the Quran is in real time. It is for all time, is relevant to any time period. Many Muslims, unfortunately, have also fallen into this trap called the dunya. And they have also blinded themselves from the reality until it's way too late to do anything positive about it. Again, this is not difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do. And he says in Surah Yasin, ayahs number 81 to 82, is he who created the heavens and earth not able to create the likes of these people? Of course he is. 
He is the all-knowing creator. When he wills something to be, his way is to say be, and it is. So the concept of resurrection ties really well into a life after death. And it's very explicitly mentioned in the Quran as well. So several examples are given from the Quran to explain how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can easily create something out of nothing. You know, after a harsh winter freeze, uh, the crops and the plants that are all burnt and they have all died, who was the one who brings the new plants back to life again? When a farmer plants his seeds, then who is the one who causes the fruits to grow and ripen from nothing? If this universe first began when there was nothing, then why is it such a stretch to the imagination that Allah can create a life after this world again? See, this is easy for Allah. So the Quranic teachings on the subject, they insist and persist to make our inner selves more developed and to make progress and to take advantage of certain opportunities that will gift us a better akhirah. However, we know that man has free will. Man has a choice, which basically means they can choose how to behave. But there has to be some arrangement made for his proper accountability. And there has to be a rewarding or a punishing of sorts for what he has earned through the choices that he has made. So when that day comes, there will be no bargaining no harvesting of sorts, uh, no planning, no nurturing, only cashing in our deeds that we have done in this world, in this dunya. And as always, we have the model example of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and how real and vivid the Akhirah was to him. And there is a hadith in Sahih Muslim where the companion said to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu O Messenger of Allah, we saw you reach out to something while you were standing here. Then we saw you restrain yourself. He said, I saw paradise and reached out to a bunch of grapes. And had I taken it, you would have eaten of it as long as the world endured. I saw hell also. So in conclusion, when we say we accept the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as the last Prophet, that means we are 100% committing ourselves to molding our lives after him in every way possible. And this is why we had an established line of prophets sent by Allah. So mankind did not have this excuse that we didn't have a tour guide for us. And so that they could root out the corruption from within to establish a more wholesome society. And let's try to keep our vision of the Akhirah clear and vivid, just like the Prophet Muhammad did. And we have to also ready ourselves with this clarity for it as, as he taught us to do. So let's learn the lessons now while we have time and understand how these thematic discussions of prophethood and Akhirah found in the Quran are essential to our success and survival in this world and in the hereafter. So please tune into our next recording as we continue to explore more themes of the Quran. As always, you can check out our recordings on our Ikna Sisters USA YouTube channel and on our podcast for Ikna Sisters. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.